This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Kicking off hour number two of unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Had a very action packed and fast and furious hour number one. We have right now on the phone lines our guy, Pat Leonard. He covers the Giants for the New York Daily News uh, on Twitter at PatLeonardNYDN. And, Pat, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And you were at the owners' meetings earlier today. Uh, You had 12 good minutes of uh, Mark Davis, uh, and you put it out on your Instagram. We listened to it. Lots of good stuff. And, really, that was the first time that we've heard from Mark Davis since everything shook out with John Gruden and all these emails. What was your biggest takeaway from what you heard from the Raiders' owner? Well, I thought, it was, I thought it was interesting, first of all, thanks for having me on, that he said the reason he didn't talk right away is because he had a hunch that the league had known about this for a long time, but he wanted to kind of confirm it before he said what he said today. So he said recently, so I'm guessing in these meetings, that he finally confirmed that the league was aware of these emails since June or July. So I took away from it that, You know, first of all, Mark Davis said, obviously, what Gruden said in those emails had no place in his organization, but he didn't know about it until the Wall Street Journal leak and then really was frustrated that the NFL, you know, it basically felt like he had been hit across the face with a two by four and blindsided. But of course, the biggest takeaway of all of it is that he said what the victims of the Washington football team investigation said, which is he wants to see the full findings of that investigation released as the NFL has with all these other investigations. And that's the first and only owner to say that. And that is going to carry a lot of weight in this conversation. Yeah. And you know, Jerry Jones came out and said that he felt like uh, Daniel Snyder was already being held accountable. And Roger Goodell really didn't seem like he he was very eager to, to get anything rolling either. Do you think that at some point, even if it's a slow drip process that we'll start to hear about what the rest of the findings were? That's a great question because the league seems very dug in on that issue. Uh, Roger Goodell, though, did not come across great when he tried to claim that the anonymity and secrecy and privacy of the victims and accusers was the reason and the only reason they hadn't released this information. But here are these women bravely standing there in the lobby of a hotel in in midtown Manhattan saying the opposite. Here we are. We want this to come out. And they also say that that was never a condition of them speaking. They, yes, they wanted it to be an investigation behind closed doors. That didn't mean they didn't want the full findings released. I thought another interesting thing Davis said today, he was asked if he felt as an owner a responsibility to ensure that another owner who might be accused of horrible behavior and guilty of it is, allow, is not allowed to remain in the position. So in other words, as an owner, do you think an, another owner should be removed for certain behavior? And Davis's answer was, that's a really good question. I'd have to answer that on a case-by-case basis. And later he said social responsibility is very important. That's all to say I thought Mark Davis was saying, once we know the full scope of these findings, if it's as bad as people say it is, that to me sounded like leaving the door open to owners saying Dan Snyder is unfit. Now, that's not what Mark Davis said word for word. 
But I heard him saying that certainly that could be a conversation depending on how bad it is. Yeah, no, that's a great point that you bring up right there. And, you know, we were talking earlier in the show about Daniel Snyder and Roger Goodell and how the owners pay all the the, the commissioner's uh, salary. And it just it just felt like and and correct me if I'm wrong. It just feels like the NFL is basically slapping Daniel Snyder on the wrist and then, OK, nothing to see over here anymore. Yes. And, uh, you know, just in some of the things that Goodell got wrong as well when he was speaking in relation to he said Dan Snyder hadn't been involved with the team for four months. And then it turns out that, well, yes, he hasn't been running their day-to-day operations, but he's been around the team. I mean, he was photographed in a suite at the game at the stadium on the day that they retired Sean Taylor's number. So that wasn't entirely accurate. And then even the idea that they had fined Dan Snyder $10 million, they didn't find Dan Snyder $10 million. They fined the team $10 million. And so, you know, the idea that even the supposed accountability that he received was not what Goodell and the league are saying it was. Um, It really just comes across as protecting one of their own. Of course, in instances like this, often Goodell as the commissioner is the person who stands up there in front of the owners as their shield, so to speak, and takes those bullets for them. But I'll tell you what, I was in that room when Goodell was talking, he was, perspiring he looked uncomfortable um i think the reason that the league is dug in on this simply is because if it comes out this is going to get much worse wow that's interesting really interesting we're talking right now with pat leonard here on esp on unnecessary roughness on radio nation radio 920 and just going back to the very beginning how bizarre is this that you know a scenario comes out about washington it all of a sudden affects the Raiders, and then it just it kind of goes away. Do you feel like that there's going to be a slow drip process of some more information coming out potentially about other teams? I do think that there's more coming. I've, I've been told by people to expect that at some point, but I, I don't know who's been leaking the information to this point. Mark Davis doesn't either. He was basically pleading with us to find out because he wants to know. <laughs> um, you know, I do think that, if you're an NFL owner right now of any team or anyone who communicated with anyone in that Washington organization, that you have to be concerned about where this is headed. Um, I I definitely found it interesting though, that like Mark Davis said that he didn't feel targeted by the leaks, which I thought was interesting. Like I think a lot of people assumed that he was seething mad because someone was out to get the Raiders and John Gruden. But his take on it was, no, I don't feel like someone was targeting me. I just feel like I, I know that that's unacceptable behavior, and I would have liked to have cleaned up my, my team and my organization and get rid of this coach in the summer when I could have replaced him rather than having a scandal erupt mid-year and disrupting the actual on-field product as well. But, I, I, you know, I was impressed. Uh, obviously, it was disappointing that Davis didn't talk right away. But I was impressed with the things he had to say today and his, you know, I thought it was a measured perspective and one that someone in those powerful rooms, one of those mover and shakers needed to say. So I, uh, I, I applaud him for that. Yeah, no, I did too. And, and while I was watching the video on your Instagram, just of, of everything and even his body language, I just, I kind of felt like he was there and saying, okay, go ahead. And I don't, I don't have a whole lot I could say, but 
Go ahead and ask me your questions, and I'm going to go ahead and let it rip. And again, that's the first time that we've ever got a chance to hear him talk on this subject. And what did you think of just his demeanor, his body language? He was sitting there with the backpack on and just looked like he was kind of comfortable and he wasn't really pressing too much, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. And then after that, he kind of had his hand on the wall outside, like, you know, New York Fashion Week with the Raiders starter jacket, you know. like um, No, he definitely felt um, relaxed and not – concerned about his part in anything if that makes sense yeah um he definitely came across as somebody who the other thing was this he kept doing this thing where he would tell you like oh i can't talk about that and then he would give you something you know Um, like he said like he said like he wants a written report i asked him if he asked that direct asked for that directly in meetings with the owners and goodell and he goes oh well you know we we have conversations in a privileged session i can't talk about that and then someone said, well, did you say it directly to anyone in those sessions? And he goes, I might have said something. So it's not just him telling us that. He's sitting there telling us, no, when these doors were closed, this is what I said to Roger Goodell and the NFL as well. Uh, but, no, he certainly came across as somebody who was disappointed, obviously, in John Gruden's language. He said Gruden understands that everything he did was wrong and that it's contrite. But he said, you know, listen, John's not our coach for a reason because this type of language and, you know, uh, behavior won't stand. He did say that he never saw Gruden exhibit any of those types of hateful behaviors when he was with the Raiders in practice, but um, seemed to be at peace with the idea that he had done the right thing once he received the information. Um, you know, I did ask him why he let Gruden coach that last game. Yeah. And it sounded it sounded like there was just so much information coming in at such a kind of 11th hour that he said he really just wanted to do do due diligence and talk to all the appropriate people. And he didn't want to rush to judgment on a person who he didn't know to be like that. So I can understand that. I mean, it does feel like he had enough information prior to the game still to not let him coach it, like just to remove him from it temporarily. So I do think he could have done that, but certainly understand, uh, why he was saying he didn't want to just do something um, kind of a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I, I saw that, and that stood out to me in a major way when you asked that question and responded. And, Pat, my final question for you, uh, kind of along those lines as well, just has to do with, uh, you know, John Gruden. And, and it seemed like, you know, and I, I can't remember if you asked the question or not, but it was something that had to do with Monday and the extra emails that came out on Monday. It sounded like the process was already done basically on Sunday, they, they already knew that it was going to be a done deal, that he was going to resign as of Sunday before we got all that information, those extra emails on, on Monday. Yeah, he said that after the game, he and Gruden spoke and agreed that they should wait until Monday to talk about this because they, didn't, they wanted to do it less emotionally, you know, not right after a loss, not when you know, the tension and emotions are high. I'm, I'll tell you what, I, I find it hard to believe based on the timing of when that New York times report broke and how soon after it, the Gruden resignation came out. I honestly find it hard to believe that that becoming public didn't tip the scales there. But, you know, if we're taking Mark at his word and he seemed to be honest and forthright with us, what he said was that the process was already underway and that he simply needed to dot the I's and cross the T's with a financial and legal settlement with Gruden and his agent in order to make all the appropriate steps to to move on. So that's his version of the story is that 
well, this is the bottom line. He had the information that got out in the Times story on Monday that Friday prior to that. So that's what he's saying is that he already knew about it and that it becoming public did not lead to that decision. There you go right there. Well, I'll tell you what, Pat, great job, great work. I mean, just that whole Instagram video that you put out, all 12 minutes of the the owners' meetings was fantastic with Mark Davis. Was there anything else that stood out to you from the owners' meetings that might not have been Mark Davis and Raiders related? Um, You know, I would say the Deshaun Watson saga is, you know, there's a lot of issues that the owners and the league are uncomfortable speaking about. Um, I would say this, that often the owners can be helpful and will be willing to stop and talk. When you have so many issues swirling around like this, that could be uh, considered scandals. When you include like the Deshaun Watson situation, there was just so much that these men were uncomfortable stopping and addressing. And so even though the NFL is a big booming business, of course, and everybody loves football in the league, I think my takeaway from it was, you know, we didn't even talk about the St. Louis lawsuit, but there was a lot going on in these two days in Manhattan that these guys did not want to talk about publicly because it's, it's bothering them and it's affecting their pockets. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that's Pat Leonard right there. New York Daily News covers the Giants like a glove on Twitter at Pat Leonard NYDN. You got anything coming out that uh, not only football fans, Giants fans could be on the lookout for? Well, I do a Sunday notes every week in the New York Daily News that covers the league wide. So even though I do cover the Giants, this type of coverage that I've been doing the last couple of days, I do a lot of that every week. But look for it in Sunday's Daily News. And then I thank you for plugging my Instagram as well, but I try to provide a lot of content, extra content there. Um, So I would ask everybody to check my Instagram because that's where I'm spending a lot of my time and energy. Well, fantastic job. You got it covered like a glove. We definitely appreciate you giving us a few minutes of your time this afternoon, and we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you, guys. Take care. All right. Have a good one. There he goes. Pat Leonard, New York Daily News. Great job. Fantastic job he did covering the owners' meetings. And, yeah, you can check out the whole Mark Davis uh, video on his Instagram. Uh, you heard the audio earlier. I mean, just a lot of good stuff right there. Uh, that's the way to do it. That's the way to have something covered like a glove. So we definitely appreciate Pat and his efforts. 3.15 is the time. We'll come on back. Got a lot of text messages and calls we want to get to. Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R, plus the Ra- Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Yo, what's up? What's up, Raider Nation? It's your homie, Too Short, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920, baby. Thanks. I don't know what you got going on there, but it's all good. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Demon Cotton, he's uh, holding down the wheels of steel in the studio. I'm at the home studio today. Appreciate Pat Leonard from the New York Daily News joining us in the last segment to talk everything that he saw and heard at the owners' meetings earlier today in New York. Coming up at 3.30, Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 here in Vegas. Going to talk all things UNLV. They got a big game coming up this week against rival Nevada. So UNR versus UNLV should be a heck of a game. It's for the Battle of the Cannon, and uh, we'll talk to Paloma about that. But right now, we've had a very action-packed show talking all things owners' meetings, talking all things John Gruden and these uh, emails and and what should really be done. You know, where where should the NFL go? What should be the final results of these Washington football team investigations besides a little slap on the wrist of a $10 million fine from 
or to the team. So uh, we want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. One of my favorite guys to hear from, Fargo Raider. What's on your mind this afternoon, my man? Taking my call, Q and DeMond. I'm going to start out right here. Um, I'm going to address the nation. You know, I'm tired of hearing our own fans go after Mark Davis. He fought tooth and nail to get us a new home, a shiny new jewel of a stadium. He already gets a ton of grief from the national pundits and opposing fans. He made a long-time dream of the late, great Al Davis a reality by moving us to Vegas. That was something Al had been wanting. All while being mocked and ridiculed. That torch that we get to see in the stadium, that's a testament to the will and heart of a great Raider. And that's thanks to Mark Davis. So how dare some of y'all come out here and do anything but to support the man. He has my full admiration and respect. And then I'm going to go on to say good hold, hold, hide- hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, Fargo Raider. Who 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 are you talking about? Who's the one attacking Mark Davis? Uh, uh I'm just talking about like fa- us fans on Twitter, not not just not just like national media, but anytime they talk in the national media about Mark Davis, it's to make fun of his haircut or, the, oh, okay. or how he dresses. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Okay, and, I got you. And I'm gonna <laughs> yes, say, I'm gonna say about Good. Goodell. He tried to hide behind the very victims. Who are pleading for transparency like they can't redact the files to hide their names, the ones who want anonymity. That's beyond cowardly, you know? Right. I'm right there with Raider Mike saying this was a hit job and it was atrocious. But to put it simply, Mark Davis said it himself. We're Raiders. We're used to it. Y'all have a good one. Nice. Thank you for the call, Fargo Raider. I appreciate you. I'm, I'm glad we were able to clear that up and clarify that. And, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I'm, I'm on Twitter a lot. I'm on Twitter way more than I should be. And – Everybody that has a little clip of Mark Davis at the owner meetings today, it's everything is, oh, look at him. He's got a backpack and a starter jacket on. I mean, it's, it's always, it's goofing on him. And, and the, cool, the thing I love about Mark Davis, and I truly do believe this, and if you ever meet Mama Q, she'll tell you that this is me through and through. He is comfortable in his own skin. And I think that everyone should be comfortable in their own skin. I think that that's the sign of a really strong uh, person. I think that's the sign of someone that has a very high um uh just personality uh you know just confidence all of that i mean none of us are perfect we all have our flaws we all have our warts but mark davis is very comfortable with who he is he's comfortable with how he dresses he he did that special with uh, andrea kramer and said he's comfortable with his haircut he's comfortable with everything and that i respect the hell out of that probably more than I respect anything else because if someone if you show me someone who's comfortable in their own skin you show me a friend of mine because I'm okay with that I I mean hey look we goof on people all the time Demond goofs on me I goof on him but you know what one thing about us we're comfortable with who we are and I can respect the hell out of that so uh yeah I mean you're gonna always hear people goof on on MD because of what he looks like or whatever and his hair fine who cares who cares? You know, let them have that. But uh, good call, man. I do appreciate that. Got this text on the Salmon Ash text line from Raider Joe out of San Ramon. <laughs> Shout out to San Ramon, the 925. Man, I used to play ball at Central Park out there. Said, Q, I love this year's team. I've never seen a Raider team this close with so much resiliency. Quick question. How far do you honestly think this year's team could go? I think they're able to make a strong playoff push as long as we keep doing what we're doing. Hope this makes it on the show. Love what you're doing, Q. Keep up the good work. Again, Raider Joe from San Ramon. <laughs> Demond, I need you to give Raider Joe a, a round of applause. Texting in from San Ramon, Cali, man. Come on. 
Is, is what is it? You make it sound like it's Siberia. What's what's so? Uh... No, it's a great it's a great little community, and they had they used to have some great hoop courts back in the day. I used to play ball at all night long, and now they're not even there. I think it's a skate park now. Uh, matter of fact, my my boy Daniel, who was in town over the weekend, you met Daniel. He uh, he lives in San Ramon, so yeah. Shout out to San Ramon Cali. Anyway, going back to the team, going back to the point of his text. Um, I do think this team could go far. I've been saying it since, and Vinny's been saying it as well since, uh, you know, during training camp. This team, something feels different about this team. Something just feels different about the way that they're out there playing. Uh, the defense, the turnaround in the defense side of things have been incredible. You know, Gus Bradley and his coaching staff, you got to give them a lot of credit for what they've been able to do. But you got to give those players credit for coming together the way that they have. Um, you know, Kenyon Drake, he had a hell of a, he had a hell of a, um, uh, a, a media session following the game on Sunday where he just was talking about uh, how much, how much he felt comfortable with the guys in that locker room and how excited he was by those guys in the locker room, how much they cared for each other. So uh, yeah, man, I, I think this team could go far. I don't want to sit there and put a certain date, you know, like a number on it. Oh, they're going to go two weeks into the, the, the playoffs. Look, they're they're They've gone through seven games so far. Uh, I've said it multiple times. They're guaranteed 10 more. Anything they do after that is on them. But I think this team is capable of making a run. Let's put it like that. I do believe that this team has the makeup of making a run. And, and I think that they're quietly making some noise. You know, I think that they're quietly all of a sudden going to sneak up and people are going to look around and say, damn, where'd the Raiders come from? How'd they do that? Because everyone expects the Chiefs to still make a run in the AFC West, even though they're sitting in last place right now. I think everyone believes they're going to turn things around quick, fast, and in a hurry. Uh, thank you so much for that text, my man. I appreciate you. 326 is the time. When we come back, we'll be talking to Paloma Villacana, talking all things UNLV Rebels. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy Q. Unbelievable. Damon is still riding that respected alumni. I can't believe it. You're still riding that out? It's only fair, man, you know big game coming up how are you still riding that out when you got an award from a school that doesn't even rec recognize you as that they even gave you an award man you mind yours i'm mind mine <laughs> all right fair enough right now on the phone lines pleased to have someone that's always handling her business paloma villacana fox <laughs> 5 vegas sports reporter host of the reb zone of uh, paloma thank you so much for your time appreciate you dealing with our shenanigans here on the show but uh man the rebels <laughs> We've been talking about them all year long, the Rebels, and and they're, they're so close calls. They get right there, and they're almost about to win a game, and then they just come up a little bit short. But this team keeps fighting and fighting and fighting. What is it about this team that they don't ever just get down on themselves, even when they have these heartbreak losses? Yeah, Coach was saying in his press conference on Monday, you know, they're just dogs. They just wake up, get back to work. And I think that's Coach Arroyo's mentality and the culture that he's kind of changed at UNLV, instead of keeping their chin down and, and being sad and depressed about this, you know, 0-13 record, you know, they got to get up and go back to work the next day. Um, I was at practice yesterday, and, and the practice was intense. The guys were locked in. Um, you know, so so even though their record is, is winless under Coach Arroyo, these guys are still getting up. They're still fighting, and, you know, they, they get to the facility around, like, 5.30. They don't leave until, like, 8 o'clock at night. So I'm I'm waiting to see it get done, man. I am waiting to see it get done. 
Yeah, no doubt. I think we all are. We're ready for that. I know my man Damon in the home studio. I know he's ready for that as well. But this is Canon Week. This is special. This is UNLV, UNR. What does this week mean? For anyone who may be kind of new to the UNLV scene, what does this week mean? Yeah, well, talking to the players, I mean, they take the Fremont Canon super seriously. I mean, it's a one of the best trophies in college football is, is bringing that Canon down to Vegas and keeping it here and talking to the Chuck Wagon, the six-year senior running back, uh, who's seen the wagon for, you know, six years now. Um, he says it's, it's incredibly special. It's super important to them to keep that cannon red and to see it drugged out of Allegiant Stadium last year. And, and Chuck was telling me that one year while he was at UNLV, the Wolfpack spray-painted the wagon blue on their field. So he was like, oh, no, like, this is serious. Like, this is this is college football. This is everything. So uh, during this week, Chuck, Chuck Charles Williams told me, I can't wear blue. No one's wearing blue around campus. Like, you know, anyone mentions UNR, the Wolfpack, like, it's, it's serious business. So um, I wasn't in Vegas when, when that fight broke out in 2019, but you can see how passionate this rivalry is and, even on air, when I'm talking about UNR and UNLV, and you know, I got to be real careful of who my audience is, and I'm like, oh well, it's rivalry week, so it's it's big. Yeah, it is. It's really big. And I saw uh, on your Twitter account that uh, he he had mentioned something about you wearing blue before. <laughs> I'm not even lying. I think last year during uh, during rivalry week, I think I was wearing a blue blazer to the game, not even realizing it, like not even, you know, because, you know, it was COVID last year. So like I wasn't in the mix. I wasn't like in the know. I wasn't like connected with the Rebels fans and stuff. I'm telling you, I'm wearing a blue blazer to the game. And Chuck is like, yo, like what? (laughs) (laughs) So my bad, my bad, y'all. I'm not wearing blue. It's going to be cold in Reno on Friday, so I'm going to wear a jacket and stay black or neutral or whatever, you know, because those (laughs) fans are crazy up there. They're crazy. So, like, I'm not trying to wear red or blue. I'm just going to keep it with black, you know. There you go. There you go. Keep it neutral. I'm okay with that. Keep it neutral. We're talking right now with Paloma Villacon here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, a question I've asked you each time we talk to you is always about the status of the quarterback. And Doug Brumfield, I know he's been out for a minute. I know he's trying to battle back. You've been around practice. Uh, does he look like he may be a go for this game, or is, is he not going to make this one? You know, I think he's I think he's still limited right now. I asked coach about I asked coach about Doug Brumfield on Monday and coach said he's still day to day dealing with his back injury. Yeah, we haven't seen Doug for three weeks now. The kid's not even been dressed uh for games or anything. So, um, you know, and, and when he started off this season he started strong. He had a spark with the offense, you know, he had some chemistry with the offense and Obviously, we saw that this team needed him when he was out. You know, Cam Friel was kind of thrusted into this situation as a true freshman quarterback. And Coach has been saying that Cam didn't even have a senior season. So the kid hasn't played football since his junior year of high school. So um, it's nice to see that Cam Friel kind of building that chemistry, finding his rhythm uh, in the games now. But Doug is still day-to-day. He did a little bit more yesterday. Uh, took some more reps yesterday. So it's good to see that Doug is 
on the men, but um, I, I expect Cam Friel to start this game. And, and then if something happens to Cam, I expect Justin Rogers to go in as we've seen. Uh, and, and maybe maybe we'll see Doug, but I know Coach is being really delicate with Doug Brumfield in his back. Try not to, to put him out there too quickly. You know, one guy whose name is is almost bigger than lights as Tate Martell. Every time you mention him something, you just kind of perk up in your seat. Uh, he wasn't taking reps at quarterback. <laughs> he was taking reps at wide receiver, according to your Twitter account. Yeah. Uh, what do you what did you uh-huh. see from Tate? Yeah, I mean, I was I was like, yo, is he injured? What's up? What's going on? I didn't see him with the quarterback. So I was like, no, I don't think he's injured. Like, where is this dude? And I look over and I'm like, oh. This kid is running routes with with the receivers, and I'm like, okay, okay. To be honest, I only saw him run like one or two routes, so I don't, I can't be like, oh, he's amazing or oh, right. he sucks. Um, I, I did watch a little bit of film uh, when he was at Miami, and he only played receiver just for a moment at Miami. So, I mean, I think I think the dude, I think he just wants to get out on the field. I think he just wants to play wherever the team needs him. You know, so so whether that's that receiver or quarterback, I think this kid just wants to play. He's healthy. He's 100%. He's no longer dealing with any injuries. I just feel bad that he came into UNLV so banged up, didn't have a lot of playing time. You know, Coach said he's starting Cam Friel and Doug Brumfield over Tate Martell just because Tate Martell didn't really have the bulk of the offense down. So maybe, yeah, maybe we'll see Tate going at receiver. Uh, We'll see. We'll see on Friday what happens. But the thing I noticed about Tate is that he's quick. He moves the ball fast. You know, he's really efficient when he's got the ball in his hands. So we'll we'll see what happens on Friday. Um, Yeah, I mean, as far as the quarterback situation, it's just like, you know, is he going to play? Does he have a chance? We've only seen him go in for a few plays this season. So, who knows? Maybe he has a better shot at receiver. Have you ever seen someone whose whose name just kind of lights up a room anytime you mention it with everything that goes around with Tate Martell from <laughs> high school to college to college to college to UNLV? I mean, just it just seems like anytime you mention his name, it just it kind of lights up the whole room. Yeah, well, I mean, the kid has he, he's just been so famous. Like he's just been such a top recruit. The fact that he's a Vegas local, you know, Bishop Gorman, obviously that that kind of perks the ear up. But for me, all I want to see this kid is is succeed and and have another chance at, you know, succeeding on the football field and and be able to put up some stats and and have a career. You know, I'm sure, you know, seven games into the season now, eight games, he's like, all right, like I want to play, I'm healthy, let's go. I don't want to just be on the sideline watching the game. So, um, we'll see what he can do. And obviously Vegas wants to see him play. You know, everyone wants to see what he can do. So, you know, I, I hope he sees the field more this year. Right, absolutely. We're talking right now with Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Vegas sports reporter here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And uh, the Fremont Cannon, what's your gut feeling on it? Is it going to be in Reno or is it going to come to Vegas? Tread lightly. You know, <laughs> in my opinion, <laughs> I would love to see UNLV knock off the Wolf Pack and bring the cannon back to Vegas. Um, I think these guys are, are obviously the mentality on this team is hungrier than ever, but I think they're focused. I think the mm. focus is just they're so locked in. 
in practice yesterday, the intensity was super high. You know, no no messing around, no walking. Like, everyone was really locked in and focused. Um, you know, the only thing is, can the defense hold up in the fourth quarter, y'all? Like, right. <laughs> that's it. Can the defense hold up in the fourth quarter? Can they make those stops? Can they, you know, execute on those crucial moments? We've seen now five games where it comes down to the fourth quarter. You know, on Thursday night, San Jose State scored twice in the fourth quarter, and that was it. So, you know, can the defense hold down a really good Wolfpack offense in the fourth quarter when the crowd is wild and it's a hostile environment? Um, That's that's how it's going to go down. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'm excited. I don't think I've ever been to the campus of Reno. I don't think I've ever been in their stadium or anything. So this will be my first trip up there. And what I've seen on TV, it looks a little crazy. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. That's awesome. Well, it's always fun when you get to go to a new spot that you haven't gone and visited. So uh, yeah, Yeah. you taking a trip up to the campus there, Reno, that should be cool. Well, we definitely appreciate your time and we want to we want to hear back from you to let you to, to find out how everything went down. What, what the feeling was like out there in Reno? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I'll let y'all know. And um, it's not going to snow. Thank God. Like, woo, snow, football doesn't do well. But, yeah, so fingers crossed. I can stay warm, stay cool. And we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll catch up. Be careful right. out there because those heathens don't take too kindly to losing. <laughs> For real, for real, dude. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Well, Paloma, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy your trip to Reno. And we'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. See you guys. All right, there she goes. Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Vegas sports reporter, host of the Reb Zone, does a good job covering UNLV like a glove. And uh, it's going to be a tough one. Damon, it's going to be a tough one, man. The Fremont Cannons on the line. Reno's got a really good team. And the biggest thing, we talked about it. You heard Paloma talk about it. Can... Can the Rebels' defense stand up in the fourth quarter? Can they make that happen? They can. They can and they will. You know what? You know how I keep trying to get myself like more and more involved with the program and take all the credit? When they win the cannon, I should be allowed to come back on campus and actually paint it too. I get okay. a couple of flicks of the brush in as well. We got to try to make that happen. Well, I think you should do like Paloma said and uh, you know go there and, and spray paint it on their field. Now we're talking. See? See? You stick with me. I got you. I got you. <laughs> but then many thanks to Paloma right there for talking all things UNLV. The Rebels and uh and the Wolfpack, they take they they go head to head this Friday night in Reno. Should be good. 342 is the time. We'll come on back. We'll close out the show. This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. What does it mean to be a Raider? What to you, what does it mean to be a Raider? Man, being a Raider is not just being a football player. It's not about the just the jersey or just the just the helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about it's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a raider is all about. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Keyword R&R. 
Got this text from Mailman Raider, the original. Q, where does the $10 million that Snyder was fined even go? You know, that's a great question. Uh, and, and I say it's a great question because all the fines that the NFL rolls out all the time, I know that they say they go to charities, but no one ever really specifies where they actually went. They say charities. But what exactly charity do they go to? Or who is charity? Do they go to a charity? You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's always weird with all those, uh, all those fines that they roll out. Where exactly do they go? Uh, every once in a while, they'll get very specific and say, okay, this is going to go to this, that, and the other. But it's very rare that you hear that. So that's a really good question that I cannot answer. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to New Jersey. Talk to our guy, Mitch. What's on your mind, my man? Oh, man. Hey, how are you doing? Chilling, man. Chilling. Yeah. Uh, first of all, they, they, they really gave Al Davis a share of all those years. All he wanted was a new stadium. I hope this uh, big uh, shot commissioner, greedy, overpaid. Gets new gets new teams for uh, San Diego and Oakland, um, but it's it's like uh, the Sterling. I mean, what what John did was terrible. This uh, uh, guy in Washington, I think he's worse than John and and, and Donald Stern. Um, I don't know why why they keep him. Why and that it's it's almost like everything in Washington is, is a cover up. And he has a new stadium where he had somebody and, he, and he's griping. He, he'll probably get a new stadium before anybody in um, any other city. I won't mention they don't have football teams now, including St. Louis. It's so corrupt. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Mitch. We appreciate you, my man, calling out of New Jersey right there. And I'll say this, man, Daniel Snyder, and I don't like to go on the go on out there and just call someone out their name, but Daniel Snyder is definitely a, 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 a sleaze, a sleazy dude. I mean, let's just let's just keep it real. He is he's got a lot of real bad tendencies going on. I mean, he is not the most up and up owner. He just isn't. He he's got a whole lot of he's got a whole lot of dirt that he's uh he, he's holding on to and he's been holding on to for a while and his organization has been under investigation for a very long time. My guy PE in North Carolina, he hit us up or hit me up and said just tuned in. You have, you may have covered this already. No way those emails were the, were were worse than uh what happened with Robert Kraft and that massage parlor scandal. I have, I had forgot about that. I had already forgot about that. You know, that's that's how crazy some events happen, that they happen and then you just kind of forget about them. I totally forgot about that, but that sure did go away pretty quick, huh? Pretty quick, that thing went away. One minute, Robert Kraft was in, in some hot water, and the next minute, whoop, gone. Disappeared. Completely forgot about that. P.E., good point. Real good point. Got a text here. Salmon Ash text line 69187. Keyword all R&R. All day Raider A. Q, let's keep it real. Gruden went and called Roger Goodell out his name, and Goodell was in his feelings about it. Basically said, oh, yeah, John, I got something for you, and went out and got him fired. And there, there's some truth to that, for sure. I'm sure he saw what was said about him. But the thing about it is, which is what Mark Davis said today, they, they, the NFL and Goodell knew that back in the summer. They knew that in the summer. So why didn't he just go in and make it happen then? That, that's, that's what blows my mind. Out of this whole situation, that's what really blows my mind the most. What or what? who went into making this decision that, well, we'll wait till, you know, five weeks into the season or we'll wait till four weeks into the season before we say anything? Like, why? why what was the purpose of that? That's a question I, I can't answer. I mean, DeMond, does that make any sense to you? None whatsoever. And I want to read a tweet out from... Lisa Banks, this is um, at Twitter, at Lisa Banks KMB. She is a lawyer. 
My clients did not ask the NFL for protection when they participated in the investigation. They asked for transparency and accountability and received neither. Mm, there you go. There you so go. This is even a lawyer who's worked on the case that said they just, this the NFL is lying. Well, Roger Goodell right. is lying to the public. Right. Well, and that's what that's what we were talking about earlier when we had Pat Leonard on. He was saying that that some of the things that Roger Goodell had said went against things that other people were saying. You know, and so it just it didn't make a whole lot of sense. And and then when one thing that that really stood out to me that Pat said was that when he was talking to the media, when he was addressing the media, like he said that his body language, like he was sweating and he was, you know, he just he wasn't calm, cool, and collective. So that kind of caught my attention too. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I really could don't. you imagine having to carry the secrets for all these let's allegedly not so good people? I mean, but does he have to? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, does he have to? He's choosing to, but does he have to? He's choosing. I guess if you wanted to say, if he was like, hey, Roger Goodell, what amount of money would you take for you to just burn the whole thing down? I'm sh I'm just saying that he's protecting his job as well. I'm sure he likes being right. the commissioner of the NFL. He likes no, having no, a you're private right. plane for you're life. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's, it's so bizarre to me, man. There's so many elements and so many layers to this. And, and I know I haven't done a deep dive uh, into this conversation a lot since everything has happened. I mean, we just kind of scatter shot and went around it and and did some other things but you know today with mark davis talking i thought it was a, a appropriate day to kind of look at it from all kind of different angles and so uh that's why we really took a, a deep dive into it raider jay from sacramento he's got jokes he said uh charities go to goodell and then split between jerry jones and robert Kraft for for their strippers <laughs> i like that oh and then angel just sent me a direct message on twitter and on al davis anniversary that's the other thing that's right that's a great point, Angel. And that's probably going to get me off my soapbox to end the show. That's a great, stinking point. Damon, we were doing one hell of a show on that day. I remember that day like it was yesterday. We were doing a hell of a show. We had some great guests on the show honoring the, the life and times of Al Davis. Ten years he had been gone, and we were just celebrating his life and having a good old time. Then all of a sudden, boom, this is when all this wants to drop. That's a great point, Angel. I'm so glad you sent me that that message so I can re I, I remember that. Because that was foul. I mean, I think now everyone looking back at it, that wasn't done accidentally. That wasn't a coincidence. That was done that day on purpose. That was foul. I don't cry conspiracy a whole lot, but that was foul. That was really foul. That's a good point. Thank you, Angel. I do appreciate that. That show was going really good. It really was. Right? Sudden, yeah, it, when you say it, it does. Because it, it derailed the whole show. Yeah. And then going into Vinny's show where it's just like, this is what I want to talk about now, huh? I mean, and it was just, it I know was one the, big I know it was, the, it was the news of the day, but it's just like, man, y'all know y'all killing the vibes? Yeah, exa exactly. <laughs> and that's it's exactly what they did. That's exactly what they did. They killed the vibes of a day that was meant for celebration. That's a great point. Where it's like, Man. yeah, I know it's important, but y'all, y'all are y'all are bringing down the show. Oh, it, it and it, and there was no, there was nothing you could do about it. It was a wrap. Got this text from uh, Sir Whiskey Ray. Damon, when you rollerblade on the strip after work, after when you rollerblade on the strip after work hours, do you wear jean shorts and long cotton strip striped socks? If so, we'd like to have a social rollerblade power hour while listening to seventies disco music. 
Sincerely, you know UNLV Rebels football, Jack Tripper, pager guy, and punk rocker roller, rollerblade dude. <laughs> you know what's so funny about that? Because a friend and I, we were talking about that. Where it's just like, oh, do you like to rollerblade? I went rollerblading like last week. And I'm like, yeah, why didn't you invite me? I would have loved to have been invited. And it's just like, yeah, it's funny how it all comes full circle. You're a rollerblade dude? I'm not, I'm not, I'm like, I'm definitely not about to be out here in a routine. Somebody mentioned ATL before. I'm not about to be out here routine and then stepping with it. But no, it's a fun activity. Okay, okay. I can't even roller skate. Let alone rollerblade. I clearly don't have very many skills compared to you. You really are a man of the people. You do everything. It's, it's, you know, it's an acquired taste. And I'm not saying I'm good, but, you know, you give me a pair of skates, I'll stay up on my feet. I, hey, I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at My mom went ice skating one time, and I thought, what are you doing there? You know we don't do that. Now that's you ice skate, too? Ne never done that one. Okay, see. I don't like the cold that much. I ain't trying to go. I ain't trying to be outside when it's cold. I think there's a, a big place, and I, I guess I should know the information before I talk about it, but there's a place that's going to do ice skating Right, this winter here in Vegas, we where have they a, have a we have a place. There's an ice skating place actually right around the corner from us here at Lotus. Really? It's it's like literally right up the street. Really? Yep. There's. I thought there was one. I thought there was a hotel that was gonna have like an ice skating rink that was gonna be really big. I saw it the other day. Do you know what I'm talking about? Not a clue. <laughs> Yeah, you Clearly talk, I don't either. <laughs> you, I was like, I was like, hey man, because we still got show, you know, we still got some more show to go. So I was just like, well, maybe he'll find it. Maybe it'll be one of those I just googled it, you know, because you can't you 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 can't weasel your way out of this one. You can't just be like, ah, right, that's the end. of No, we still got more time, man. No, so no, I, 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 there was some there's some place that has a swimming pool that they're they're making over to be an ice skating rink, and it's really going to be a big deal. I'll have to find it. I'll bring it to the show tomorrow because I don't know what it is. I'm not an ice skater, so it really doesn't make me any difference. But I'll I'll bring it to the show anyway. Um, we got a text here from Raider Steve from Reno. ESPN will have to do, we'll have to have another 30 for 30 because what the league did to this organization is nothing short of criminal. That's Raider Steve from Reno. Raider Jay in Sacramento said Raiders need to do one thing to shut the NFL up and that's win the Super Bowl. No, no, no. Like, I, I like how people say that. No, but this, this, I feel like this is a situation where, Winning doesn't cure everything. With the Gruden spot, yes. For the players, yes. But for maybe the Raiders specifically, and that's what he's saying, but I feel like this is one of those things where it's bigger than than just winning. This is one of those situations where I don't think winning is going to just solve everything and put a nice bow on it. Well, I think it'd be pretty close. <laughs> I think it'd be pretty close. If the Raiders won the Super Bowl, and I mentioned this the other day, and I got all excited and fired up about it, if the Raiders were to go win the Super Bowl, not saying they're going to, but if they did, it would kind of make everything feel a lot better, at least. Yeah, there is still some, there's obviously wrong done. But I think somewhere Mark Davis would have a big Al Davis type smile. Somewhere John Gruden would have a big Al Davis type smile and give the double bird to the league. And again, no, that's not going to make up for everything, but I know it'd be pretty close. It would help. It would help the scenario. It's kind of like when you, and I say you, it's not you, but. If you get like a lawsuit, it doesn't it doesn't make up for whatever went wrong, but it helps. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, you know? I am. I'm so I'm juggling a lot of things over here. All right. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and let you juggle on on, on out of here. We got one more text and, I'll, and then I'll drop the mic. Wouldn't Snyder's wife want to know what her husband's been doing? 
I think her. I think she has a pretty good idea. I don't think there's too many wives in America that don't know what their husbands are doing. Especially when they you might not know every single thing, but I think that uh, I, I think that Tanya Snyder pretty much knows what Daniel Snyder's up to. Maybe not every single little detail, but she knows that he's a. He's an oily, you know, used car salesman. Uh, there's no doubt about that. She knows that. It's just like Jerry Jones' wife. She knows what's going on. As I'm looking on Twitter at pictures of Jerry Jones in the elevator with a couple of young ladies. I mean, it's just, it, it's those, they, they know. If you ever think that, that that your wife doesn't know, that's when you start making mistakes. 358 is the time. That's going to wrap up the show today. Vinny Bonsignor, Lincoln Kennedy is coming up next in the huddle. 4 to 6 p.m. right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. I'll holler. <laughs> 